Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You were born to be hockey players. Every one of you. And you were meant to be here tonight. This is your time. Their time is done. It's over. Screw them. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Hello, Boston Bruins fans. I'm Kurt Schmid, and you're listening to Believe in Boston Bruins on the Believe Podcast Network. We believe in Boston Bruins. Do you believe? On this week's episode, the Bruins and the Lightning play game one of their series, and I'm going to preview the rest of the series. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can find us at Believe.com and Apple Podcasts. Well, Bruins fans, how many of you almost had a heart attack during those last 10 minutes of the game? I know I did. I wish I had a f- stress ball. Seriously, I wish I had a stress ball during those last 10 minutes. I mean, they couldn't clear the puck out of the zone, and it almost was like they the, the ice was actually tilted in the Bruins zone. They couldn't clear the puck out. Tampa just kept pushing and putting the pressure on them. I mean, yeah, they did They did play well a little bit on defense, but still, you know, those last 10 minutes, you know, you got to do something. You got to pass the puck out. You know, you got to clear your zone. And I don't mean icing it. I mean doing some nice little passes or even flipping the puck out of the zone so you can get some fresh legs out there. So those last 10 minutes actually, you know, could have really hurt the Bruins. But the Bruins did get on the board first. Charlie Coyle scored the first goal of the game. David Pasternak got the second goal in the second period. And Brad Marchand got the third goal in the third period. Now it looks like that number one line of Marchand, Bergeron, and Pasternak are finally back. Thank God. They. It looks like the magic finally has returned to what they had during the regular season. But can they keep it going? Who knows? Hopefully they can, and they'll be able to put the puck past uh, Vasilevsky. Again, again, those damn Russian names. I can't stand those. No more Russians in the NHL. Done. This way I can can actually, you know, pronounce these names. Some of them I can, some of them I can't. I don't know. But uh, Tampa actually dominated the rest of the game. I mean, they started dominating the game the second half of the second period after... um, after the um, second goal by Pasternak, the Bruins were outshot 
12 to 2 since Pasta scored that Bruin that second Bruins goal. 12 to 2. And the shots overall in the period were 18 to 7 in favor of Tampa. I'm like, all of a sudden, what was it? Like they get that second goal and all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're gonna sit back, we're gonna play defense now? No, you can't do that against a team like Tampa. Okay? You can't. I mean, Tampa put pressure on the Bruins for the rest of the game, guys. I mean, I swear to God. It's like, okay, we're just going to play defense and, you know, we're going to, you know, we're not even going to try anymore. But thankfully, they did try and Marshawn actually got another uh, that third goal in the third period. And it was a beauty, too. It was a nice, well, I wouldn't say it was a beauty, but, you know, he was right there on the doorstep and just knocked it home. Perfect. Perfect. So they go up three to nothing. Well, the Lightning came back into the game with two Victor Hedman goals in the final 10 minutes to pull within one goal. Yeah, like I said, the final 10 minutes, those final 10, they got two goals in that final 10. I was actually looking for them to score a third goal in that final 10. But you know what? They did they they did get lucky though. Victor Hedman had those two goals in the in those last 10 minutes. He got luck. Well, I shouldn't say he got well, yeah, he did get lucky. Because he got a little help from a Bruin, from Charlie McAvoy. The second Hedman goal went actually off McAvoy's pad, or shins, and went past Halak. Now, the first goal that Hedman scored, basically, it was Charlie McAvoy, McAvoy screening his own goaltender. So the Bruins can't make, make little mistakes. See, it was the little mistakes like that that almost cost them the game. Think about that. Think about that one. You know, these like little things, these like little mistakes that are going to cost you the game. And it almost happened. And not to mention, you know, that, you know, here they are, you know, they're up three to two under two minutes to play. They pull the goaltender. Well, one of them came off. The second headman goal came with them. I believe came with, yeah. Second headman goal came with the goalie pulled. Goalie pulled. And then, you know, how many times are these guys going to miss the net? An, 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 empty, an empty net. Tampa pulls a goaltender for that extra guy, and they pull the goal, you know, and the Bruins miss the net. I mean, Bergeron missing an empty net, That's he doesn't do that often. But they need to. They should have. They should have put this game away. The final score of this game should have been four to two, with the empty net, and they kept missing within the within the last like two minutes of the game, or even in like the last minute. They kept, you know, they kept shooting at the empty net. They missed it. I think it was Nordstrom actually went to shoot towards the empty net. That was an icing call. But these guys, maybe that's one of the things that they should practice is shooting at an empty net from the blue line or from center ice. Because this this score should have been 4-2, to two, not 3-2. to two. Now, other little things uh, from this game last night. You know, they did win, so that's that's a good one. That's, that's the, they're up one game to none. That's, that's the important part. But still, I expected a little bit more out of them in the second half of the game. 
But other things to take away from this game last night, the chemistry between Krejci, Kasha, and DeBrusque has been awesome. Uh, they're playing like they've been together all year. Uh, Kasha has been awesome in the playoffs. Can you imagine if he was here with the team throughout the whole season? Um, he may not have scored one yet, but I have a feeling it's coming. I mean, he almost got one last night on a breakaway. I mean, if he would have scored, I would have been going. I would have been going nuts. So you know, I, basically, if he scores one, I'm thinking I'm going to get a next year. I'm getting a Kasha jersey if this guy happens to score. And I guarantee you, if he's going to score a goal, it's going to be a game. It's going to be a game winner in overtime at some point in these playoffs. I can tell you that. I mean, he's putting in the work and opening up so much of the ice for Krejci and DeBrusque. And this is the best the second line has been in quite some time, and it's and it's refreshing to me. It's really refreshing to me to see see Krejci actually have two wingers that are really helping this guy out. I mean, he hasn't had a decent winger on his on on his line since Milan Lucic, and you could probably throw Nathan Horton into the mix. Krejci has a seven game scoring streak going on right now. He has three goals and seven assists for ten points. I mean, he's really kicking butt, and, you know, he's actually stepping up. He's stepping up now. He's stepping up his game, and I think that, you know, without him, the Bruins, I don't think, would actually have a chance in these play, even even against the, um, the Carolina series. But he's finally stepping up. We're getting the number one line back, so maybe good th- things are good, but the rest of the guy, but they still need to play that full 60. Now, Patrice Bergeron played his 145th career playoff game. He's, he tied Wayne Cashman for third in Bruins history. And Brad Marchand now has 92 career playoff points and tying him with Bobby Orr. Wow, that's a that's something for seventh on the Bruins all-time list. So that's that's got to be quite a milestone for Mr. Marchand right there. 92 career playoff points and tying him with the great Bobby Orr. Wow. So are they going to erect a statue? <laughs> I'm only kidding. But are they going to erect a Marshawn statue out in front of the garden? Because, you know, he did surpass. Bob. Never mind. I know I'm probably, I know there's some Bruins fans are like, oh, you can't replace Bobby Orr. I'm like, I'm only joking, people. I'm only joking. Nobody can, nobody can replace the good old number four. I'm sorry. Nobody can. All right. I'm just joking there. Um, Yaroslav Halak made 35 saves in the win. Tuka who? Now for the rest of the schedule for the rest of this series. Um, this one's going to be a tough one. I see, I see a little bit of a problem here. Game two is Tuesday at 8 p.m. on NBCSN. Game three is Wednesday at 7 p.m. on NBCSN. Why did the NHL... Schedule back-to-back games. Seriously. I mean, in the late 80s and early 90s, it was common to play back-to-back playoff games. For example, games one and two, one and two of the series would be played in Boston on back-to-back nights, one day of travel, and then games three and four back-to-back in Tampa, a day off, for travel and game five back in Boston. So that's how things used to work back in, you know, back in the eighties or early not in early nineties. But then they decided to change things up. And I believe it had something to do with also TV and 
you know, travel and all this other stuff. So they changed it around a little bit. But that what that's what it used to be. All right. So these back to back games were were pretty were pretty common back then. So, but Boston's lack of goaltending depth could hurt them with the with the back to back games here. I mean, it's like starting pitchers in baseball. Goalies don't play consecutive games. I mean, even during the regular season, you know, Rask would be one would play one game, and Halak would play the other, you know, or it would, or they would switch it around and stuff like that, you know. So it's not, it's not really common to play back-to-back games. I mean, back when they did do, you know, back-to-back games in the playoffs, you actually would have goalies play back-to-back games. But now it's like, you know what? They can't, you know. There's just so much stress put on these goaltenders. I mean, here's the thing. Vasilevsky is a, a young goaltender. He's only 26 years old, so he's 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 basically got an advantage here. Where Halak is, I believe he's he and Rask are the same age. I believe they're both like in their early 30s. I believe they're both 33. So Vasilevsky might actually have, you know, the advantage here. Now, here's the thing: Do you play Halak on Tuesday and Wednesday, or do you go with Dan Vladar? Since you already have a win in the series, that's a good that's that's something Cassidy has to think about. You know, Tuesday night, I wouldn't be too surprised if we went with Vladar, just to give um just to give Hulak a little bit of a break. Now, you know, I know a lot of you are probably thinking to yourself, "Oh well, Dan Vladar, he's a, you know, he's a Providence goalie. He's not good. How good? It, you know, you're not you're not sure how good he is." Well, his stats in Providence over this past season, he played uh, 25 games. He had three shutouts, a goals against average of 1.79. His record was 14-7-1, and his save percentage was 0.936. So, you know, that looks pretty good for, um, for Mr. Vladar. And what even what's even better for him was that the Bruins actually signed him to a three-year contract extension. So they're actually looking at him like he could be the future of this franchise. So you know it it'll it, it he's good. I mean, will he ever turn out to be like a like a Halak or or even a Tuka Rask? I don't know yet, but. They have a lot. They must have a lot of confidence in this guy because he's he signed a he signed a three year contract ex- extension. Now here's the other thing: is if Tuca was still in the bubble, I think that Halak and Rask would probably split these two games. Simple, you know, no, no brainer right there. You just split the you know these two games with um, Halak and Rask. But since uh, Mr. Rask decided to um, jump, um, leave the bubble, and go back home. We're stuck. Well, we're not stuck with, but we have um, Halak and Vladar, and I believe that maybe Vlad, you, we might get a chance to actually see Dan Vladar's, you know, get a start here in the playoffs. So this Tuesday and Wednesday, it's going to be um, you're, you're all going to sit there and wonder what's going to happen. You know, is Halak going to play both games, or is he going to split with Vladar? So we'll we'll just have to see about that one. I'm kind of hoping we see Vladar and see what he can do. And maybe he might actually surprise a lot of us. You know, he might go out and actually play a really decent game. And steal, I mean, he could steal a game. 
from Tampa. So we'll, we'll see. Game four is Friday night at 7.30. That game is going to be on the USA Network. Game five is on Sunday, August 3rd, 30th. Uh, that game is to be, de- that time is to be determined in network, I believe. Game six is Tuesday, September 1st. And game seven is Wednesday, September 2nd. Now, I'm kind of hoping that we kind of avoid games six and seven because those, again, are played on back-to-back nights. And you don't want to go into a game six, you know, with the with the series on the line and have Dan Vladar as your goaltender. Because I have a feeling that would probably happen. You would probably, the Bruins would probably come in either up. They would probably either come, well, it depends. It depends. If you get to game six and you happen to be up, I would probably, you would probably see Halak. If you're down, who knows? But then again, it's the last two games of the series. You might as well just start Halak in both games. You know, this is, this is what's, this is what it this is what it's come down to. You know, two back two sets of back-to-back games and you know, the goaltending is going to be this it, it's going to be the issue on these two back-to-back two back-to-back nights or whatever. You know? <sighs> Nothing like a co- cup of coffee in the morning. <clears throat> now, this is the third playoff series between the Bruins and the Lightning since 2011. The Bruins beat the Lightning in the Eastern Conference Finals. In 2011, and we all know what happened that year, Bruins go on to win the Cup. While the Lightning eliminated Bruins in just five games in the second round in 2018. So, you know, it comes down to this. You know, they both, you know, they met in 2011 and the Bruins won that series. Tampa Bay eliminated the Bruins in five games uh, in 2018. So basically, two out of three, let's go for it. And even without Rask, Tampa Bay is beatable. I mean, they proved, I mean, last night, with the exception of the second half of the game. The 2020 Bruins are much better than the 2018 Bruins. You know, the thing is, though, they're going to need to play a full 60 minutes. None of this laying back crap, you know? They'll need to be better five on five, and the top two lines need to show up like they did in game one. Simple. They need to show, they need to show up. Now, here's the other thing of last night's game. You actually had uh, Richie and Bjork put, thrown into this, thrown into a line with Coyle. Now they didn't even. I don't even. Did they actually play? I have no idea if they played last night. Maybe they played roughly a couple minutes. I don't know. I have no clue what happened. Um, let's take a look at the. We're gonna take a look at the stats here and see what time on ice was for. Where is Mister Bjork? Mister Bjork got at least close to nine minutes of ice time and Nick Ritchie got nine minutes and 32 seconds. So they both did get at least, you know, close to 10 minutes, almost 10 minutes of playing time, but they didn't get enough. They didn't get a lot of it. Okay. I mean, the person, the one person on this team that did get a lot of minutes was Charlie McAvoy with 26 minutes and 45 seconds. And, um, he was a minus one. How that? I would have expected him to be a minus two. Oh, well. But that's a look at what, you know, do you put Bjork and you know, Bjork and Richie back in the lineup? Or do you dress, you know, a player like, you know, maybe dress Para Lindholm or Jack Stanika 
or Trent Frederick or Carson Kuhlman for for the next game and sit these two guys out. I mean, they didn't get a lot of ice time to begin with. You might as they didn't even show up on the they didn't even show up on the score sheet here. Okay, they they got no they got no points, nothing. They were both even. Nope, Richie was actually a a plus one in the plus minus category. So, you know who knows? Who knows there? But you know, do you pull those two guys out? Of course, you know maybe you do. You know, you put some somebody else in those lines because Seneca was playing is playing great. So you might as well just throw him in there. Might as well. You know, you know, the defense now the defense will have to be at its best and give Halak a lot of support and cover as much as they can since they're playing back to back games in this series. And again, Charlie McAvoy, just get out of the way. You know, something's, you know, don't screen your goaltender and make sure things just don't bounce off you. Okay. Cause that's how, that's how they, that's how Tampa got their two goals to, be, to begin with. Because a McAvoy was standing in front of Locke and it bounced off, you know, bounced off his shin pad. So who knows? Now Halak needs to be on top of his game in this series. I mean, this isn't the Carolina Hurricanes here, okay? You know, he's got to he's got to be on his game, but also, you know, his defense needs to step up for him too. So you know, it's it's basically a combination. You know, it's going to be a combination of Halak and his defenseman. But, you know, Halak, you know, you know, he's the main guy right now. You know, Tuka's not here. And here's the thing. Will Flame Will Flames. Yeah, we're playing the Calgary Flames here. Um, will fans blame him if they lose the series? I don't know. I wouldn't put the blame on anybody. Well, I would put the blame on the whole team if they lose this series. Because apparently, like I said, second half of that game, they didn't show up at all. Seems like they didn't show up. It's just, just stood around and tried to clear, you know, try to play defense. You know, will they blame Vladar if he plays? I wouldn't blame him. It's not his fault. You know, he's getting stuck. You know, he's gonna get he's getting thrown in there because of a schedule. So I wouldn't blame him. And then I thought about this, you know, for about a week now. If the Bruins were to lose this series, how many people are actually gonna go out there and blame Tuka Rask? I mean, I know that there's going to be fans out there that are going to blame him for that for this whole cluster problem. But, you know, who knows? You know, who knows out there, but you know, people will find a way to blame to blame him for some for some reason and you know, why blame a guy when he's not here? All right? Yeah, you know, put the blame on the Holt. To be honest with you, don't blame you don't blame a goaltender every time in this game. You don't. You don't blame you 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 have to blame the whole entire team for not showing up. I mean, unless the guy really stinks. You know, unless he's a really stinky goaltender, but then why would he be in the NHL if he really if he was a terrible goalie, you know? Who knows. Well, when um when Tampa <laughs> you know, you know, Tampa will get physical in this game and they showed it in in last night and the bees will have to step up and meet the challenge and the bees are gonna have to step up and meet the challenge of of the physical presence of the tampa bay lightning now they did for a little while at time well at times they did but i'd like to see a little bit more physical play 
maybe a little bit, you know, even like last night in those last 10 minutes, they could have been a little bit more physical. They could have been a little bit more physical against this team because this team did go out and get them, get some physical players at the trading deadline. Now, I can't remember who they got since it happened four months ago, but still, they actually, they actually got physical to, to match up with, with the Bruins. So, you know, can they did meet the challenge last night, but can they do it the rest of the series? I mean, you got to get physical with Tampa now. They they're they're built for for they're built to be physical after the trading deadline. So, who knows? You know, but this is going to turn out to be an interesting series. You know, this could go 6 or 7. I'm thinking this I'm thinking maybe if the Bru- if if we're lucky, the Bruins will probably do it in 7. Because after last, what I saw in the second half of last night's game, this is going to be a tough series. This is going to be one hell of a tough series for the Bruins. So everything, you know, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. And, you know, the, the main factor of this whole entire series is going to come down to games two and three, which are Tuesday and Wednesday. That's going to be the make or break for both teams to see what happens in back-to-back games. Now, speaking of being physical, I want to talk a little bit about what happened last week um, during the Carolina series. Um, I want to talk about Charlie McAvoy's hit on Carolina's Jordan Stahl. I know that there are some fans that wanted McAvoy suspended for what they claim was a dirty hit. Well, I hate to tell you, that hit was totally clean. Yes, it, it was totally clean. I mean, if you're blaming McAvoy for laying a clean hit on Stahl instead of blaming Stahl for skating with his head down, you have completely misunderstood the concept of hockey and how it should be played. Come on, people. Really? That's one of the fundamentals they teach you. All right? When you're playing in junior and places like that, you don't skate with your head down. You skate with your head up. All right? You know, any any hockey any player, hockey fan... Knows you don't skate with your head down. Head down in hockey is dangerous. Is dangerous hockey. You know it's it's fundamentals and base in basic hockey here. You don't skate with with your head down. And it was a clean hit. And uh, you know that's that's one of the things. It was a clean hit. All right. End of story. Tired of people crying and complaining. It was a dirty hit. Well, no, it was a clean hit. Know your hockey. All right, people. And it seems like, you know what? If you put on a black black and gold jersey, fans will go no, go will go after you no matter what. All right, no matter what. If it's McAvoy hitting somebody, if it's Marshan hitting somebody, okay, you know, oh yeah, he hit, yeah, he hip checked him. That's illegal. No, a hip check is legal, assholes. Sorry, just a little bit under this. This is what gets me going here. This is what gets me going when people are whining and complaining about about Bruins players playing dirty. Watch the game. You guys don't watch the games really closely. You see a hit and all of you see a Bruin take, you know, give a hit and it's like, "Oh, that was a dirty play." Everything is always whenever a Bruin hits a player, it's always going to be a dirty play. And that's going to be a topic for an upcoming podcast during the off season and I will go off on a, on a few people here. Okay. 
Speaking of uh, players in black and gold jerseys, former Bruin, yes, former Bruin player and head coach Mike Milbury received criticism from the media and fans for a comment he made during Thursday night's broadcast regarding the bubble, suggesting that there weren't women in the bubble to disrupt the players. Well, (laughs) I don't know what to say about that one. He's kind of, I mean, he's kind of right a little bit. I'm not I'm not talking about the the married guys with families and stuff but those single guys, you know, the McAvoys, the the Pasternaks, you know, all those young guys, all those young players who's like, you know, they're they're in their 20s. Um but on Saturday he announced he was stepping away from uh, NBC Sports for the remainder of the Stanley Cup Finals. Now, this is a good one for a lot of people that don't like Mike Milbury, so okay. But still funny. Leave it up to somebody to say somebody like Milbury to say something like that. I don't know. <clears throat> uh, the Todd Reardon was fired as head coach of the Washington Capitals on Sunday, and no replacement has been named. There's a, quite a couple of um, there's quite a couple of coaches that are out there. I know that Babcock is out still out there. Uh, Sullivan, I'm not Sullivan. Lavolette, Lavolette is still out there. So there's still quite a few player. There's quite a few coaches out there. Um, well-known coaches, coaches who have actually been to the Stanley Cup Finals, you know, so maybe maybe they go in that route. They can easily go down to their, you know, hire some, their hire their uh, coach from Hershey. So who knows what's going to happen there. Now, uh, Robin Leonard made 26 saves for his first uh, NHL postseason shutout. As the Car- as the Carolina as the Vegas Golden Knights defeated the Vancouver Canucks five nothing in Game One of the Western Conference, so that's going to be an interesting one too. I know a lot of people are thinking that the Vegas Golden Knights are going to actually make it to the Stanley Cup Finals, and I believe I believe they have a really good chance. I mean, to be an expansion franchise and you know get to the finals finals twice in what was it three years, that's going to be incredible. That's gonna be, that's gonna be one of the surprises in in the in the coming years after um, Seattle comes in, and see how well they do in their first season, and and after and and the couple seasons after that. So it's it's gonna be fascinating to see how Seattle does compared to what Vegas has done. So it's gonna be cool. Ah, coffee, coffee. Caffey. If you have the, if you have any questions for me, you can tweet me at NASCAR, hockey NASCAR four thirteen, or you can go to my Believe in Boston Bruins Facebook page. Yeah, I'm easy to find, people. I'm easy to find. This show is available on all your favorite streaming platforms: iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe. Yes, subscribe. And rate the show on iTunes. Yeah, always rate rate these things. And you can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. And if you're interested in advertising on this show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. I want to thank you all for listening. Have a great week. Hopefully next week we'll have some some news on, you know, if the Bruins advance in the playoffs. Or will there be another game? Who knows? But thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great week, and go Bruins.
for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.